Our scripture reading for today is probably the easiest passage of scripture to find. It's Genesis chapter 1. And it is the very first page of scripture in your Bible. I don't know what number it is. Maybe page 1. As we prepare our hearts to hear God's word, let's come before him in prayer. O Lord our God, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for this grand story in which we are invited to be participants and to find our place. We thank you for what it teaches us about who you are, for what it teaches us about who we are, and for the ways in which it teaches us to live in good relationship with you. And so, Lord, now as we turn to your word, we pray that you would bless us with the presence of your Holy Spirit, Open our eyes, open our ears, open our minds, and open our hearts to everything that is, that it is, that you would have a see and hear and know and believe. Transform us more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it, and it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, 
plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light to the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. 
Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he was doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the word of the Lord. Sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ, this is the beginning of our story. In the beginning, God. Before any activity, before creation, before anything else, in the beginning, God. Before all things, before even time began, in the beginning, God. Beyond the boundaries of time and space, beyond the realm of scientific study, beyond the scope of our most sophisticated instruments of human innovation, in the beginning, God. The Belgian Confession, one of the statements of faith for Reformed Christians, begins with what it is that we believe about God. And it goes like this. We all believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that there is a single and simple spiritual being whom we call God. Eternal, incomprehensible, invisible, unchangeable, almighty, completely wise, just, and good, and the overflowing source of all good. Outside of time and space, beyond our ability to perceive, measure, control, or even understand, God is. And this God is all-powerful, all-wise, all-just, and all-good. The problem that this raises, of course, is that this God is completely beyond anything that we know and perceive. When we look at our lives, when we look at the world around us, we do not see the attributes of this God reflected in creation. The world that we know is not simple. It is complex. Not single, but multifaceted. Not spiritual, but physical. Not eternal, but temporal. Not invisible, but visible. Not unchangeable, but constantly changing. And the world we know is not always wise, just, and good. It is marked by sin, deception, injustice, pain, and sorrow. How can we know this God? How can we love this God? How can this God, who is so far beyond us, so different from us, be a personal, loving God? In the beginning, 
God. But what flows from this simple statement of faith is a story, a story of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And to us, perhaps, it might seem like this is a cruel trick, because the world that we know is not like the God that we confess. The God who extends himself in love in Jesus Christ is not always easy to see in a creation stained by sin and death. Why would a single, simple, spiritual being create such a complex and pain and suffering-filled creation? This became an issue in the early church, and a theologian named Marcion began to teach that the God of the Old Testament was a lesser deity, a trickster God, who disobeyed the one true, simple, spiritual being to create a lesser physical world that was a satire, a, 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 a mockery of the spiritual world. The God of the Old Testament, Marcion taught, tricked spiritual beings into physical bodies and then led them to violence, murder, war, and conflict. And our true goal, the whole point of our lives, says Marcion, was to escape this physical realm by living a life of spiritual devotion to the true God of the New Testament, the God of Jesus, who lived a perfectly spiritual life and pointed the way to the true spiritual God, away from the trickster God who created this evil world away from the false God of the Old Testament and toward the true God of love, the true God of the New Testament. And for us today, there's still some temptation in this philosophy. For many people, this physical world is not a place of joy. It's not conducive to a spiritual life. There is pain and suffering. There is the inevitable threat of death looming over our lives and the pleasures of our life are, at best, distractions that delight and stimulate our physical senses. We don't always see how creation points us to God, especially not to the God of Jesus Christ. But the early church rejected Marcion's teachings and sought to find a better way to explain what it is that Scripture reveals to us about God. The early Christians taught that the Old and New Testament God are one and the same. That the Old Testament God of Israel is the one true God who created the heavens and the earth, who was before all things and endures beyond all things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And here, to the earliest Christians, we have a primitive but pretty clear doctrine of the Trinity. God creates the heavens and the earth through his word and through his spirit. All of the diversity and complexity of the world flows out of this relationship of love that exists between the three persons of the Trinity, between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
the triune God. This is the beginning of our story. This is the story in which we find our being and in which we are invited to find our place. The story of the Trinity. And that's why on the Sunday after Pentecost, the Christian church has historically set aside time to teach on the Trinity, to teach about this divine mystery at the heart of the Christian faith, that the one true God is three persons who exist eternally in a relationship of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is what the Christian faith has taught from the very beginning. Throughout history, it's learned to articulate this mystery in different ways because of misunderstandings in the church. But from the beginning of the preaching of the gospel, we can see that the apostles worshiped one true God. They believed and confessed that God himself walked the earth in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and they worshiped Jesus and prayed to him as God. And they believed and confessed that what happened on Pentecost was the very outpouring of God himself through his spirit into their hearts. And that the very essence of God lives inside of us and gives us meaning and direction. The Father is God, the Son is God, and the Spirit is God. But there are not three gods, but one. This is why the Apostle John can say that God is love. Because the love that is shared between Father, Son, and Spirit has existed since before the foundations of the world, extending back into eternity. And this love that exists within God is what leads to the creation of all things. The creation story is an outpouring of the creative love of God. All the diversity and complexity of creation is a manifestation, an outpouring of God's love. Light and darkness, sea and sky, water and earth, the heavenly bodies, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the plants that, that, that grow on the land, all creatures that move along the earth, all of this was a result of God's creative love. And to crown his creation, God created humankind, male and female, to bear his image, to care for his creation, to rule over it, to maintain it. So God created humankind in his own image, in his own likeness, to rule the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, the beasts and the wild animals, and over all living things that move along the ground. What does it mean? to be created in the image of God. It means that we are created for relationship with God, with each other, and with the world that God has made. The creative love of the triune God, which formed and shaped all things, has formed and shaped us to participate in that creative love. A love that builds up rather than tearing down, a love that creates rather than destroying, a love that heals rather than doing harm. This is what we were created for, for relationship with God, with one another, with the world around us that God has made. Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day, fostering their relationship with the God who created them. 
Adam and Eve loved one another, fostering their relationship with fellow human beings. And Adam and Eve tended the earth in the garden, fostering their relationship with the creation that God had placed under their care. In the fall, this image is compromised. Adam and Eve rebel against God and are expelled from the garden. Cain murders Abel and his descendants exploit the earth, building cities and developing tools to amass power and control. The people God had created turned away from him toward wickedness and sin. But in Christ, this image is restored. The Apostle Paul tells us that Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. In him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him all things are held together and have their being. In Christ, our relationship is restored. He takes away our sin and gives us his spirit. He takes away our wickedness and gives us his righteousness. He takes away our rebellion and gives us his obedience. And we are invited once again to participate in this creative love of the triune God, worshiping the Father in the name of the Son through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within our hearts. God restores his image in us by clothing us with the righteousness of Christ, by giving us his life-giving spirit, the very breath of God, who is constantly at work within us to transform us more and more into the image of Jesus Christ, his Son. The Christian writer, J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote the Lord of the Rings trilogy, wrote very eloquently in his letters about the idea that we are co-creators with God. The love of God in the Trinity is manifested in the creation of all things. And we are invited by the Spirit of Christ into that very same eternal creative love. We are adopted as sons and daughters of God in Christ, established as kings and queens over all creation, and invited to participate with him in the work of new creation, restoring relationships, healing wounds, pursuing innovation. In our worship, in our lives, and in our work, we live out the image of God in us the image that God has given to us in his Son, continuing the work of new creation with the God who created all things. What a wonderful invitation. What a wonderful opportunity. What a wonderful gift. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, let's pray. O Lord, our God, from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, we thank you that you have created us to live in relationships of love with you, with one another, and with your creation. Even though we fall short, we thank you 
that you restore your image in us through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom we are adopted as sons and daughters of God our Father. We thank you that you give us your life-giving Spirit who, who works in our hearts to transform us every day more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray that you will strengthen us, that you will strengthen us for the work of new creation in this world, so that when Christ comes, we may stand ready and eager to enter into that blessed peace which you have prepared for us in your Son. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.